Coming up is a friend of mine who is the head of growth at Universe. You'll discover how to figure out the right pricing for your subscription plan, the philosophy of having trials on your subscriptions, and do indie developers really need to figure out their LTV? All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. With over 120 million happy users, Theorem Reach is helping app developers make more money with fun, rewarded surveys that you can easily add to your app. Go check out theoremreach.com to learn more. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. Because frankly, all I do, and here's my little secret, is talk to some amazing people in the app space that I've got to know through the years, really learn from them, and then hopefully we can all use this knowledge to grow together. Today, I've got a friend of mine. He's finally a dad. He's been wearing dad hats before I knew him, before he was a dad. I was like, why are you always wearing dad hats, man? But he's finally a dad now, so he's joining the club. Super excited to talk to him because we're talking all about subscription. He has so much knowledge when it comes to really growing your subscribers. So we're going to dive deep into that particular topic. But without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Fritz Charles. He is the head of growth at Universe. Check it out. It is on universe.com or search for Universe in your app source. And they allow you to easily build a website all through your mobile phone. Fritz, welcome to the show. Welcome back, hey. brother. Steve, it's an honor. I've uh, been here before, um, yes. and it's an honor to come back. And uh, thanks for sharing your stage with me. Yeah, brother. So let's get into some of the subscription stuff. You know, you do. You said A/B testing is super, super duper important. So talk to me about why it's so important, and what are the variables you're testing when you're doing A/B testing? Yeah. So good, good point. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, I've had Universe is how to, you know, we're not we're not a nonprofit. How do you make money? We make money through advertising. I mean, um, through subscription, obviously we advertise to obtain users. Um, no, another way that you can make money through apps is through advertising, but throughout my whole career, I've been focused on subscriptions. And the question around subscription is like, all right, where do you start? Like what prices do you start at? Do you start with monthly? Do you do quarterly? Do you do weekly? Um, do you do annual, right? Yeah. And, you know, everybody just kind of goes, puts a finger in the air and says, like, all right, well, let's do, $10 a month and that's it. Let's go with it. That's what close to Netflix is close to whatever. Let's make it happen. But that doesn't, you know, you, you may not be capturing the right uh, price for whatever you're offering, especially for your audience. And so the really, the, you want to be data driven and the way to be data driven is that AB test, right? And so AB testing for people that don't know is basically like splitting your audience in, in the case of AB testing, it's a, 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 a group and a B group. Uh, your A group is a control, right? Which is like basically like whatever you have now. And then your B is like a variant. And so you ask me what variants the, the, can you test? Test monthly versus annual. Test uh, free trial versus non-free trial. Test the same offering, but different pricing. Test like $15 a month versus $10 a month. And, just and then compare your conversion rates um, and see what drives the highest conversion rate. Um, but also, you also have to account for different things, right? So like you may have a, a group uh, segment that has a higher conversion rate, but 
it's at a lower price, right? So you want to kind of convert that conversion rate based on like the income you're getting or the LTV and pick the winner there. So that's kind of how, that's the kind of the testing that I um, have been doing at university and before. What were you using to A-B test? What platform? Good question. So you can use Firebase um, to power your A-B test, right? Um, Firebase is free. It's, it's, it's part of the Google suite. Um, a lot of the apps use Firebase as their database um, anyway. And so it's kind of a good fit. Um, we ran into some issues with Firebase. Um, so we ended up building an internal tool. So both here and at my previous company, uh, one of my previous jobs, uh, IAC, we also uh, had our own um, A-B testing framework. Um, but Firebase, a lot of companies, if you don't have the resources and you want to kind of do something fast, Firebase is the way you do it, in yes, my sir. opinion. So for those, you know, I'll link up all of Fritz past episodes because we talked about him selling his app portfolio, a lot of the subscription stuff too. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll link that up to the show notes. Definitely worth a listen. If it's the other thing I want to talk about too is, you know, I know it's so app dependent, man. Like it depends on the app, but I've certain, we've tried different tricks around trials and seeing, right. you know, figuring out different trials for different type of packages. Yeah. What have you found that, you know, maybe like, broadly speaking is generally worth testing. Like these are the variables I would test out with first. Yeah. So I think if you start from zero, you kind of start with whatever is the most uh, common. And so the most common is seven day uh, trial. So you kind of start there and I would actually start, I would probably test three variants. Um, so I would do seven day, I would do three day mm. and I would do uh, either 14 or 30 day. Um, and part of the, so there are a lot of different things that you want to account for, right? So you need to account for obviously your free trial to paid rate. That's, you want to make people subscribe. So that's one of the biggest things you care about. But also sometimes cash flow is an issue or cash flow is a concern, right? So like third, even though your, your conversion rate might be high for 30 days, you got to wait 30 days to get your money yeah. from when you pay for a user. And so if you're a small startup um, or an indie developer, like that's almost out the window. Like you can't even play that game, right? You need to get insight early. So you're always going to tend to go some to the lower end of it. And so it ends up being a test of three versus seven for the most part. Yeah. Um, but if you could kind of wait it out um, and you're confident in your offering, right? So that's another thing, right? So like, uh, if you don't really know how to activate users, having them on 14 or 30 days is not a big difference from three or seven days because if they didn't find value in your, in your platform in three to seven days, they the extra week or extra two weeks is not gonna help them. So, you know, it's very, it's very product dependent, but also within that, it's also how good your product is and more importantly, how, how your onboarding has been optimized and how well that is, right? Okay. So. You know, it's really on your, whoever runs growth or, or activation uh, and monetization of your team to work with the product team to make sure that everything is in line and, and everything is in sync. Got it. Now with Universe, you guys, is there a free version where I can build the website and then that's free? Yeah. Kind of like a Wix thing or is there, everything has to be paid? Uh, it's the, the former. So it's okay. similar to Wix. It's similar to like how Tumblr used to be, right? Um, so if you want... Um, steveyoung.com, you have to pay for that. 
But if you okay with steveyoung.onuniverse.com, mm-hmm. then you can have that for free. But also we have some other features that comes with like the premium version that you cannot use for free, right? So like there's a whole bunch of like, you know, add-ons and extra pages and menu styles and a whole bunch of other things that you can do on the, on the paid side um, that you can't do on the free side. But you could, there's a lot of people that actually have really cool websites for free. Um, if you ever want to see what, what what people have done with Universe, yeah. if you ever go to explore.onuniverse.com. Okay, I'm going to check that out. The The thing that I want to talk to you about is a couple of things based off of that. Like, Is there, actually, let's just ask this because I wrote down the other one. But like, is there a right time to ask for the money too? Because right? I'm on the onboarding screen, I see import from Instagram, and that's like the pro. So I clicked on that and I see the pricing page. But then everything else I can do for free. And so, like, right. when is it the right time? Like, how do you figure that out? Like, when is it the right time? Because you've got knowledge not just in this particular space, but you've seen subscription apps around when you know back your, your time with IAC and different types of apps. So, sure. when should you ask for that for the money? Right. It's it's tough, right? Because yeah. you if you had asked somebody right like right then and there, um, as soon as they launch the app, um, that could work, but it's a little bit too aggressive and it's, it's quite, it's hostile, right? <laughs> so what you, want to, what you want to do is you want to offer them um, the ability to engage with your app long enough um, to understand what the offering is and, and see what you, you, how good your app is and how it's going to help them drive, you know, reach their goals. But you don't want it to be so far along or you don't want to kind of open up everything for free to the point where they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm enjoying this for free. Like, why would I even pay? Um, and again, I, I hate to reuse the same thing, but it comes from testing. You got to kind of test it all over the place. But also what you just pointed out is an example of something you always do. So there are always a group of folks that are willing to pay really quickly and you want to offer them an opportunity. So you do want to be a little bit aggressive up front, but you want to have, clean exits, right? So like you saw that screen where mm-hmm. we had one feature, we kind of made it prominent and it's a pro feature, but like it was easy to kind of go and find something free, right? So right. for the people that actually were willing to engage and get go into their pockets or they found that, I guess that Instagram template very valuable to them, we wanted to offer them the opportunity to do so. Um, and so I think that's the kind of best way to do it. A lot of it is design related, right? So UX related. So it's like, all right, how do you how do you like aggressively have something in somebody's face, but also allow them to kind of uh, go around, right? It's almost like when you go to a furniture store and the person's like, "Do you need some help?" And it's like, you it's a little bit aggressive, but like they do it in a way where it's like, all right, well, you know, I, hey, I just want to browse. It's like, all right, cool, just let me know if I can help you and then kind of make it happen. So you could do that digitally, if you will. Well, I like the way you guys have laid it out right now. It's like, you're hitting me with the pro version. It's number one. I select it. I can exit. Kind of what you said, Fritz. But you're also letting me know that this is there are pro versions. Like, you can pay for some cool things, or you can get right. started for free, too. So exactly. it's a good way of, like, I think it marries the two. It's not too aggressive, but it's kind of saying, like, hey, I'm the salesperson. Yeah. I'm around here. You need me. Right, exactly. Hey, D, I'm going to assume this just because – looks like the yearly it comes with the three-day the monthly doesn't come with the three-day no trial whatsoever lifetime obviously no no thing like talk to me about the philosophy behind the way you guys have set this up yeah so what we do what we're doing there is obviously we 
we made a business decision to push people to annual. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we did was to make it more enticing is, is that we put the free trial there. Um, and that's, that's really it. And why do we, why do we decide to push people to annual is that getting the, at the time uh, that we made this decision, getting the money up front seemed to be something that was, uh, was something that was valuable to us. That being said, as you can imagine, there's a, there's a sticker stock there. And so the percentage, the number of subscribers that we have ends up being smaller than it would be if it be allowed we put the free trial on the monthly. Um, and so we actually had, we actually had a point where we didn't even had offer the monthly really out there. We just had the annual mm-hmm. and, you know, worked for us at the time. Uh, but now what we wanted to do is we want to kind of think more medium to long-term and increase our subscriber base. So we introduced the, the monthly for people that are interested in it. But as you can see, the monthly is quite expensive yeah. on a monthly equivalent so like it's 120 per year per year so it's ten dollars a month if you do the math but then it's 25 dollars per month so it's like hey we're you want to you want monthly that's cool but you're gonna pay a penalty for that quote-unquote optionality right. um and we funny enough we tested it we actually st- so what we did was we expected the 25 dollars to be like too expensive right <laughs> yeah especially when you put it against ten dollars a month annual um, and then we expected uh, to, to, we started with the test very aggressive and then we expected to end up testing like $20 then $15, then eventually maybe something close to like twelve ninety nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that's really close to whatever the annual is on the monthly, but like people converted at 25 and we're like, Hey, we're just going to keep it there. Um, and, and it works for us. Um, and uh, you know, given the timeline of how long somebody stays in a monthly, you know, the LTV works out for us. Um, nice. So, so, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. But, you know, we, we continuously test, we continue, continue to test. We kind of have like other tests kind of in the back burner that we want to see. Um, you know, we even test a new feature stuff. Like, you know, as you see that, in, that, in that Instagram, um, thing is pro, but you know, maybe in the month that it might not be pro, we may just let it be free, right? And decide to block something else. So it's really hard to, it's hard to know unless you test what features, um, people think is worth paying for. Um, yeah. and so testing is, 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 I mean, just keep saying over and over again through this podcast and, until people get tired of it. Like you gotta <laughs> test, you gotta test. But again, I understand, especially if you're indie, you do another level of traffic to test. Right. So, you know, there's a certain level of scale that you have to have to make it worthwhile. So, um, but yeah. I like it. The, when you mentioned LTV, somebody just, I was just on a call with somebody and he was just like, is there an easy way to calculate an LTV? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. So I'm going to ask you Fritz, cause you're the pro at this. Is there an easy way to calculate LTV of your users? Um, well, LTV is basically, um, your lifetime minus times the revenue that you get for that lifetime. Um, and so you have to have historical data um, to even know, right? So you have, like, for instance, if you offer a monthly package, you know, let's say your average person stays around for six months and you charge $10 a month, 10 times six is 60. So your LTV is 60, right? But if your app hasn't been around for six months or you haven't had subscription for six months, how do you know what that lifetime is? 
Um, and so you kind of just have to leverage um, data from, um, you know, different platforms, right? So there's certain platforms that, that are built around subscription data. Um, one is called Revenue Cat. Yeah, you guys using called, that? No, uh, no, okay. no, we don't use Revenue Cat. Um, but actually, we've been looking at them, though. But okay. we don't use them right now. Uh, we use another one called Chart Mogul. Okay. Um, that's a competitor of theirs. Um, it's cool. Um, Revenucat can do more. It's the, it's things that Chart Mogul is better at that Revenucat is not, but then Revenucat is better at other things. So we're 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 always exploring. But yeah, they have data around like subscriptions and and things of that sort. And you kind of just have to ask around, like ask other if you a great way to if you have people if you you're in a certain category um, and then you have app developers or people in the industry that have apps that are similar to yours, but obviously not competitors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of have that network of people that you kind of reach out to and just kind of ask around about subscription length and how long people stick around and stuff like that. Cause I think that's the hardest part for an indie to figure out because Apple doesn't make it easy to say, Hey, this user signed up for the monthly. You can figure that out. Like how many people are signing up for the monthly, but you have no idea how long they're staying. I don't think. Right, right. Not alone. Not, not, uh, you need some time. But yeah. honestly, an indie, does an indie really care about LTV? If you I think about it, right? So yeah, so it, he's an indie. <laughs> you're right. So like as an as a indie, it, it depends. Like obviously it depends on how, how much cash the indie yeah. has, right? I think an indie cares more on ROAS, like return on the spend that they put out. Like mm -hmm. that's it, right? Um, obviously, LTV is part of that, um, but I think LTV, allocating for LTV, what that does sometimes, especially if your LTV is dependent on a super long lifetime, yeah. like it's, and especially if it's monthly, right? So like, like, like the thing I said, like you have a six month, you have a subscription that's ten month, ten dollars a month, average lifetime is six months, so sixty dollars LTV, but. What a lot of venture backed companies do, they say, all right, well, I could spend up to like $59 for that subscriber because I know on an LTV basis, I'm profitable. But that's $59 you, you put out up front and you need almost six months to get that back, right? Mm. And if you scale that out, like that's quite expensive, right? And how, mm. how many indies could actually last that long right it depends i mean obviously there's indies that are huge and and, and super cash flows but if you're still starting out you're more concerned with cash flow like all right well mm -hmm. i put out i spend money on facebook ads snapchat ads you know search ads what have you and i know that apple is going to pay me in 45 days google plays is going to pay me in 45 days like how long can i last on a cash flow basis and what price do i need and what conversion rate do, do i need for that and so for me, it's more like, like that return on, on that CAC. When do you get that out? Um, versus spending up to like this, this accounting metric, which is LTV. So it depends on the stage of company you're at. Um, I, yeah, I kind of agree with you because one of our clients, we, he was looking at just not even ROAS because he was spending some money on advertising and he wasn't, weren't able to like go back on it. So we're being like super sophisticated. All we're trying to figure out is revenue per download. And so there was a right. trial period. And so we were kind of like, all right, well, we have to bake in the trial. This download came in seven days earlier and here's now we hit the revenue. So let's, the denominator is seven days before and all that stuff. And then we we're able to figure right. out that, okay, we're close to a dollar. Now he's like, 
all right, well, I can go back to like search ads or Facebook ads and be like, well, I can pay like 60 cents per download. Right. And that's how he sort of figured out. So maybe, you know, I agree with you that maybe as Indies, you don't want LTV. You just need to know like revenue per download and then that'll help you figure out your. Right. Or, or, or in the same ways, it's it's the same. You just, you just need your LTV to be tighter. Like, so like, yeah. So like, you know, the main question is like, all right, how do I calculate LTV? Cause I don't know a lifetime. But it's like, hey, how about how about you set the lifetime and say how much like when do you need that money back in mm-hmm. your business? And so maybe <laughs> you just need it in two months. So your lifetime is just two months. That's it. Like it's just basically like how much you got your first month, and then what is your one month retention rate? And so it's like, all right, well, if I if I have one month and my retention rate after one month is fifty percent, then the average person is around for one point five months. So therefore, one point five times. $10 is $15. So that's my LTV and that's like my runway. And so like, I, that's my, that's my, that's it. My CAC has to go be up at least, you know, below that. And then everything after that is gravy. Yeah. I like so it. Too. I think that's how I, I would look at it if I was an indie. I'm glad we broke it down for the indies out there. And I, and, yeah. and I'm glad you were on because I think you're the perfect person to talk about it. You ha- you were an yeah. indie app developer. You have experience in the big corporate life and then as an indie app developer as well. Exactly. Hey man, the, the strategy that's working for you today is feeding purchase events to your paid acquisition channels. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it gets complicated. Right. Um, and so what happens is usually people just go and purchase downloads. That's it. Right. And just like, uh, all right, so let's say you're using Facebook. I'm going to AB test creative. I'm an AB test audiences. I'm an AB test all type of stuff. Uh, and I'm just going to optimize for like the cheapest download. And then mm-hmm. I get people into my app and that's it. Cool. And then I focus on the optimization of the, the from download to conversion from there. Right. I'm looking at it very disjointed, but you have to actually, you look at it connected, right? Because you actually have to look at the quality of people that actually get into your app. So you may have, you may think that your onboarding is messed up. Your offerings messed up, but the type of people that get into your app, maybe whack to begin with right mm. and given the algorithmic re- uh, nature of facebook and how data driven it is and how it basically face all facebook does is all right well you said your goals here i'm gonna find people that fit this um they just may get super cheap they may get people that are very cheap uh don't spend money but they said at home all day testing new apps and they're willing to download your stuff right now, if you f- feed in Facebook, actually not a download, but something further down the line and say, find me subscribers, mm. the algorithm is so powerful that it's going to actually find people that actually are most like the subscribers, not most like the downloaders. So you actually may pay more on a download basis, but you may end up paying less on a subscriber basis because Yes, the download is more expensive, but the person is way, your conversion rate is much higher, right? Because yeah. it's like, it's not only download, it's download time conversion rate. And so you have to kind of do that math. That's your CAC. So your CAC might be lower, but your download might be, your cost per download might be higher. Got so it. that's kind of it. And so the way that, the, obviously, not obviously, but what happened for people that may not be aware and is that, um, at least on iOS, iOS 14 is coming out. And there's a lot of debate and controversy around like the new privacy features. And so it may 
be hard to do this. So people are not sure how this is going to work going forward after iOS 14 is out. Mm-hmm. But historically, using either the Facebook SDK or a tool like AppFlyer or something like that, you basically can send back information on what users are doing, and then you can basically set up a campaign and optimize for that and just let the Facebook algo do its thing. And you could do the same thing in Google, on Google UAC. Um, on Apple search ads, you can't do that. Um, on Snapchat, you can. Pinterest, you cannot. Um, t- uh, Twitter, Reddit, you cannot. Um, but I'd say Facebook, Google, uh, and Snapchat, to my knowledge, are the ones that you could make it happen for. And that's just like, within Facebook, it's just saying, optimize for an event, right? Like optimize bids for exactly, exactly. Exactly. Are you guys, what are you guys using to track that? Is this just the Facebook SDK to optimize for that? So, so we use S flyer. Okay. So we have our app tell app flyer, um, when events happen and app flyer sends it to Facebook, but you could do it just using Facebook. So if you, if you had the Facebook SDK and then you have the Facebook, you know, with the SDK, you could, that's Facebook analytics and you basically have events that you set. You basically tell Facebook like, all right, well, I want this campaign to optimize for, I don't know what, depends what it is. Like let's say you have a dating app. I want you to optimize for like message. So like you're not only getting people to download the app, but you want people that are actually DMing other people. You know, you and I have been in relationships before this whole dating thing came out. So like, (laughs) we don't even know anything about that, but I, you know, my single friends, uh, based, I never looked to use any of these apps, but you know, my single friends tell me that's how they work. The <laughs> biggest trip was like, I was sitting around a table with a bunch of single people and they're like, yeah, I've got a folder of dating apps. This one's for this. This one's like when I've got a quick layover, this one's for, when I'm like, holy cow. I had no idea. I thought it was just like one. You just, you just use one. No, man. That's funny. That's crazy. Hey, the, are you guys running, are you doing that? Facebook stuff on your own or you, you guys have somebody that runs it for you? No, guys? no, I'm doing it on my own. So okay. I kinda, yeah. So I'm kind of like, a, it's unique because I guess I'm, I, on the growth side, I kind of do the UA and the, uh, like the product side too. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like a full stack growth person. That's so awesome. like I can do the ads, but also I could like run the test and, you know, onboarding and stuff like that. Okay. Well. So. If we can focus on the ad side of things, like what, and without giving away too much information, just in case you're some of your competitors listen to this, but like what type of ads are working pretty well for you guys? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's no, there's nothing to hide because what happens, what's funny thing about Facebook, I'm just going to tangent, keep, I'm going <laughs> to try to keep it short, but Facebook after the 2016 campaign, you know, the controversy they had with Trump and in anticipation of 2020, you know, the controversy there, they have something called a, what they did was they're all right, let's add transparency. They have an ad library. Yeah. So if you go I can look it up. Facebook ad library, yeah. you can see every ad that everybody runs. So to your point of like what my competitors are thinking, they could they already know what I, they already know what we're doing. So it's nothing <laughs> to worry about. Um, and we do it too. Like I go on Snapchat, I check Squarespaces and Wix's ads all the time. Anyway, um, <laughs> to that point, within the Facebook group, uh, Instagram is our thing instagram amongst the whole facebook audience instagram is is our thing and more specifically instagram feed so like the squares not the stories but just yeah. instagram feed um and then um apple search is obviously something that works because it has a lot of intent and then uh you know we're trying new things you know snapchat 
seems to be very interesting for us, which is interesting. Because I personally, I mean, you know, I'm an old married guy, dad, right? So like I to use as, as a user, I use Snapchat a little bit. But then when Instagram stole their features, I just stopped yeah. using it. And I thought everybody did. But apparently, and then I thought the new thing that the younger Gen Zs do is TikTok. So I thought Snapchat was gone. But like apparently there's still a huge audience there. And like their um their ad product is pretty cool. So I just started using it and I'm pretty impressed. I'm impressed with the onboarding. I'm impressed with the targeting. Um so yeah, I would I would I would encourage people to take a look at that. I, I, I don't I'm not getting paid for them by them obviously, but I, I, I endorse them as another channel to look at. Interesting. They're like vertical ads, right? Like and you have to do video? Yeah exactly. They're ver- vertical ads. So yeah, you can't even use I guess it's the closest thing is Instagram stories, um, but um, still, like they have, it's a little bit narrower. Um, but yeah, I would check. It, I would check it out. It depends on the ad. Obviously, your ad, your app has to lend itself to more of a younger audience. Mm. Um, but it doesn't have to be as young as like TikTok's audience. Like it could be people in their twenties, early thirties, or what have you. Not like you know they don't have to be fifteen or whatever. Um, so uh, Snapchat's interesting. So we just started doing it, but like we're seeing some pretty interesting things there nice is it are you using video or just plain banner ad video 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 video, okay. some video yeah yeah that's like just showing off a little bit about the app like how to use it and then building out the website type of thing exactly right cool exactly right hey for targeting you said you know like you're optimizing for the purchase event are you doing lookalikes what are you doing from the targeting perspective for facebook so we always test different things so what you could do is you could tell Facebook. you could basically create an audience in, on Facebook of people that you, that, that, um, that did a certain event in the past. And then you could basically use that as your, your main audience. And then you could f- tell Facebook to find more people like that. So not only is it optimizing towards the event, but it's also demographically targeting people that are like the people that you seated. So they almost got like this double thing. Um, but the, the algorithm is so powerful that, I've even seen like just doing general targeting, like 18 to 50 in really? US and optimizing for that event. And like Facebook finds the pe- people. Like I've wow. seen that. The only issue is it could be, it's more expensive in the beginning because obviously you're starting very, very broad. Um, but I've seen Facebook do it pretty well. Um, and again, it depends on when your that event is firing, right? So if you Here's the here's the issue with that event stuff. If you if you if most of your subscriptions happen like after three days, after seven days, after two weeks, it's not really gonna work because their window is like within that first week for the most part, right? Mm. And also, the tighter the tighter the event is to download, the better, right? And so for us, if you are a type of company that gets people into trials during onboarding. Like maybe you optimize for that trial event and then you can kind of feed it because the quickest you quicker quicker you feed it back to the algorithm, the better it is and faster it goes. Um, and let's say you are a company that uh, that monetizes people very late. What is another event that is early but not downloads that indicates somebody is legit? Right. So like, you know, I've been checking out this, uh, I think you you also uh check out this app too called Zero Intermittent yeah. Fasting, yeah. right? And so maybe you, you know, maybe it takes somebody like a two weeks of fasting 
to even become a subscriber because you can hop into a fast without subscribing. But so maybe you optimize just for the first fast, or maybe you optimize for the first fast ending, right? And it's like, all right, well, that happened. That usually happens if somebody doesn't do that in the first three days, then they're not gonna subscribe anyway. So like, I don't need to wait for that deep event. Let me just do this early event, send to Facebook faster. I get more, they get more signal quicker. It's cheaper, it's quicker, and I can do it that way. Kind of like a, like what's a pre-conversion signal, right? Mm. Like, a, or I guess a micro-conversion. So there's a, a micro-conversion is money. Micro-conversion micro might just be like some little thing that somebody does that shows that, hey, there's, this people, this people, these people are vibing with our app. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the kind of stuff that I think people should know. It's, it's unique to each app. Such a great point, dude. I'm glad you brought that up. The last thing I want to hit on is the fact that you got, and I'm just going to base it off of you guys, but there is a 4.99 plan that's a lifetime. What's the point of offering a price of that? Now, you tell me, like, if there's is anybody buying this? Are people buying this? So. Why do you guys have this really expensive pricing plan? Yeah, that's a good point. So that is something that I've seen. Uh, we are not the first company to do it. There's quite a few companies that do it. And I would say the, the, the main point of that is decoy. You don't even think that people are going to do it. Once in a while, somebody does it. It's like this pleasant surprise of like, well, $500, wow. Um, but for the most part, it's a decoy. It just makes everything else look so much cheaper. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Sometimes you just need decoy pricing. Um, and it's it, it just it's more like a design thing versus an actual monetization lever. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Sort of like anchoring off of exactly right. Yeah. So exactly. Anything I missed, Fritz, that you want to make sure we cover? That would cover a lot of good um, uh, I guess you know, obviously subscriptions is the is is a big deal. Subscriptions are cool. Um, but not having your app is it needs to be a subscription or works for a subscription, right? Um, so make sure your your app is something that actually makes sense to be uh, something that people will want to pay a subscription for because otherwise you'll be frustrated by trying to push it. Um, so, you know, I think subscri obviously things that have um, content, um, things that are kind of more SaaS related, things that have to do with habits, obviously are good for subscriptions. I don't think like casual games are good for subscriptions, right? Um, I don't think, uh, there's other things that I don't think make sense with subscriptions, but like you just kind of have to do your research. And the mar and it, the good thing is, you know, especially, you, you know, you we both have been in the app space for years. Like the app space is relatively mature now. Like, so, you're you're probably not doing first person doing whatever app you're doing. So like you could see how the your competitors monetize and, or at least your category monetizes to get an idea of whether what works best for you. Um, or what would best work best for you, especially if you you know you start from scratch. So I encourage you to kind of do your research and you know, there's a lot of free tools out there. Um, there's a tool called App Annie that's free. There's other tools out there that you can, you can check out to just, you know, look at the charts. Uh, and, and kind of see what um, what makes sense for your category and start there. I love it, man. Hey, the last couple of questions. Favorite app or an app that we should definitely check out? Yeah, so um, always checking out apps. I, I uh, funny enough, like I, you know, I 
super into like finance and, and, and things of that sort, and especially financial apps. And so there's a cool app called Copilot that I've been checking out. It's like a budgeting app. And obviously there's so many of these budgeting apps, but this one is pretty cool. It has really cool design and, but it's subscription based. And it's like, all right, why the hell would I pay for a subscription to, especially when there's other budget apps that's free? Well, we all know how it works, right? It's either you're paying with money or you're paying with your data, right? Because other apps are basically selling your data to sell you credit cards and mortgages and all that good stuff, right? Whereas this company has kind of put it out there and say, hey, listen, we understand that we're all, you know, we're asking you to pay for something that's free, but guess what? We're, not, we're gonna keep your data secure. We're not selling it to like, you know, all these other companies. Like if you ever go, especially some of these online blogs, like NerdWallet and all these platforms, like they all sell your data. Um, and so we're not gonna do that. Like, you know, our data is tr- trustworthy with us and, and it's kind of, pre- it's a pretty cool design that. So, and I've always used like, like a, I guess the OG of this personal finance stuff is like mint.com. Yeah. For me, I can't get mint to work. Like mint.com is always breaking like the Bank of America connections for me and stuff like that. It's hard to kind of get the data right. Yeah. And so in my short experience, um, Corpolis had kind of figured it out. So right, I would check, check it out. out. It's only yeah, two, it's only two, it's only two ninety nine as a free trial. If it's you know if it doesn't if it doesn't fit you then um, that's cool. But I, and then you know I think it's cool to check out. So I would say that's my favorite app. You are the finance dude, so I trust out. you, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? A lesson that took me longest to learn. Oh man, um, it could be personal too. Yeah, I mean, I think. It, I mean, I think it's something that you've, you inspired me with and you probably have seen me since I, you know, we've been friends and we've been in the same industry mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, I've kind of struggled with consistency, right? I've had different projects, I've had different ideas and, you know, I didn't see, see it through, but like you have been like consistent with the, you know, I've tr- I have a podcast that, you know, I, you know, I need to re-engage and kind of make it happen and, I've had projects that kind of haven't taken off super early, super quick. And like you have been doing, you know, at masters, like, like, like regimented, like you are like, it's like a, like a Marines. Like, so I think between professional per and personal, like consistency is key. You just got to like show up and keep doing it and stay through. So there's something that you have, you Steve have, have inspired me. Thanks, man. Oh man, and and it's and, and it's been awesome to see, man. So just keep That's it cool. going, and and it's something that I I'm continuously trying to get myself to to work on. And I know you have a crypto podcast. What's that called? It's called Coin Gamma. Coin Gamma. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Other than apps, I, I'm a big crypto guy. And funny enough, it was through apps that I discovered crypto because my introduction to apps was in the gaming category, and there's a big overlap between gaming and crypto, and kind of. Got into that, built a crypto app called Kurigamma, launched a podcast around it. And, you know, I still do it on the side. Um, I'm, you know, I think it, crypto is, a, I think it's a cool technology. It's also like a social experiment, right? Because basically money is social. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity in the space. I do think that a lot of what was promised in this space, like maybe mm-hmm. in a couple, in two years ago, has not come to fruition. And so that's a little bit disappointing to see, um, but we'll see. I'm still kind of involved and, 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 you know, stay abreast on it. And so 
Um, you know, if you follow me on social media, you'll you'll hear me talk about apps, but you'll probably hear me talk about crypto even more. I see. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> A lot more on the crypto side. So, what's your yeah. social media handle, man? Uh, so on that note, my so my name is Fritz Charles, but yeah. I go by Fritz Chain on social media, and it's a play on blockchain um, in my name. So Fritz Chain on Twitter, Fritz Chain on on IG. Um, I'm probably one of the only Fritz Charleses on LinkedIn. So if you search me, search that name, you'll find me. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of so. Hit me up on all three. I love to love to connect with folks. I love to talk apps. I love to talk subscriptions. I love to talk business finance crypto like i i, I love it. or even like uh you know new stuff like you know steve is is really into intermittent fasting and, and workout stuff and so i'm always trying to improve myself there so if you want to talk about that stuff too hit me up. Yeah, right. yeah exactly <laughs> well all that is linked up into the show notes so fritz's coin gamma podcast i'll be linked up and if you want to check learn more about the crypto one of my i was just talking telling fritz like one of my favorite podcast now that I've just discovered. It's called Earn Your Leisure. And I'll link up Fritz's crypto interview on that very podcast as well. Definitely worth a listen if you guys want thank to you. listen to that business stuff. Fritz, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate you. The website, if you guys want to check it out, is called onuniverse.com. Search for universe. And if you want to connect with Fritz, it's Fritz Chain. And I'm going to link up his LinkedIn into the show notes as well. So if you just click on Fritz's name, you'll go straight to his LinkedIn. Fritz, anywhere else you want to send the audience? Uh, that's it. You that's it. you have me everywhere. Uh, all, right. all a lot of social platforms, uh, website. You know, so I'm 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 oh, love to chat, love to meet new people, and so reach out, brother. I'm grateful for our friendship. Thank you so much for coming back on and doing this, man. Oh, right. it's a pleasure and honor. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.